Hello and welcome to the United Bias. This week I'm joined with Ruben Cornier. Hi Ruben, how are you doing, hey. bud? Hey, Karan, how's it going? Uh, yeah, time to find out if uh, David De Gea is our uh, current number one and future number one, and if Harry Maguire is our future number nine. <laughs> future number nine, yeah, false nine season coming up. Yeah, so this this week, as you may have uh, picked up, there, listener, we are doing a squad review of Manchester United, you know, as we stand in uh, June 2023. Of course, we've already lost some players, the likes of Full Jones, Tuan Zebi, um, all the players that we had on loan, Butland, Vachost, uh, Sabitz, uh, to name a few. And so we thought it'd be a fun exercise since Manchester United actually have done nothing on the transfer window, just to, you know, sort of plot the landscape, so to speak, and see what we think are the priorities and how things should shape up. Ready for this? Yeah, ready for it. I'm, I'm still, uh, still in tears about Phil Jones. I think he's a, a real loss as a mascot, if nothing else. Yeah, the, the man once started being the best, potentially the best player ever uh, at United by Ferguson. How, how poorly that's aged, eh? Yeah, look, I feel for the guy. When you, uh, when you see what his injury uh, actually was, and, and if you've sort of read up about it, it's, it's pretty much the worst knee injury you could possibly uh, get as a player. And I believe actually Pogba's got, I think that's similar to the injury Pogba's got, a meniscus injury. Is it? Is this uh, hyena related? <laughs> yeah, it might be. Uh, well, we'll we'll see. Uh, we'll see if uh, we have any future Pogba's in the in the squad still. <laughs> okay, let's let's get into it. Look, the obvious thing is we need a striker. Like you know, that th- that goes without saying. We in desperate need of a striker, but there are other positions in it, and I think we can go through from the back uh, uh, up to to the striker position to figure out what where we stand. So I think let's start with goalkeepers. I mean, as you said, we've lost uh, Butland already. Uh, and then let's start with Tom Heaton. Tom Heaton, happy as a backup? We, we're okay with that? Yeah, look, I, I don't have any objections to Heaton as a backup. To be honest, I mean, I, I think he's, you know, it depends if we're sure we're going to have a consistent number one uh, in. Then, then yeah, I, I mean, I think he fulfills that role fine. I don't see really that we have scope anyway to be going and, and finding two goalkeepers let alone uh, or three goalkeepers even depending if we you know ditched everybody in our goalkeeping department surely you're not thinking of ditching four-time player of the season or two-time golden glove winner David De Gea or fresh of anyway let's before let's so let's let's go to um next Dean Henderson done right like too disrespectful a couple of years back or the beginning of the season just has to go right I think so. Look, I mean, it's whether, you know, you could even have both Dave and, and Dean Henderson together in the club. I mean, I think we've seen that that didn't work. You know, that there was, a, there was an Oli experiment that just didn't go anywhere. And yeah, I think uh, it's, yeah, it's definitely his time. And I mean, I think he's an asset that we could feasibly cash in on. Okay. Yeah. And, and we need the money and there's probably clubs like Forrest and others willing yeah. to pay for him. Um, okay. On to the big one. And I mean... You know, the risk, you don't want to be flippant about it, but I think we're both firmly in the camp of De Gea is not a keeper of today. Can't play with his feet, doesn't help with build-up, all those things we know. But there's something to be said about loyalty, and there's something, you know, he's been with the club now, what, a decade? He's multiple-time player of the year, just coming off of a Golden Gloves, you know, a most senior player now that, that Phil Jones has left. Is there a world where we think David De Gea could possibly stay and be our number one like i mean i'm definitely loath you know to to say okay we we 
flush or throw Dave out with the bathwater, whatever the metaphor is. You know, because, I mean, in part, I think it is important to have guys in your squad that have, uh, you know, actually won things, in, in, in particular the, the Premier League. You know, he's, now that with Phil Jones' departure, the only guy left. You know, we've got nobody else, no more link to the Fergie era. And I don't know, well, maybe we might say, okay, it's time to actually cut that tether and, and sort of say, you know, we're, we're not holding on to things just because that was the past, you know, and past glory. So, you know, in, in that sense, you know, yeah, I, I think there is both value to having somebody with that experience, but, but maybe it's holding us back, actually. You know, that, that kind of sense of loyalty to Dave and what he's achieved for us in the past is actually blinding people and holding us uh, back, really, in the goalkeeping department. I think that's something you could say. Um, there is one scenario, though, uh, which I don't know if you'll guess it, where I do think Dave might be able to stay. Um, and that is if we got a, a certain South Korean gentleman from the Italian league, Kim Min Jae, to come into the team. Because I think if you had both him and Lissandra Martinez as your centre-back pairing, I think you've got such a strong base there, able to sort of distribute long, short, carry the ball, um, that you might be able to, if you were inclined to skimp in the transfer season, say, OK, let's keep Dave for one last season. Although it's a bit tricky because you'd have to give him a whole new contract. But... You know, if you did say try keep Dave, that's maybe the scenario where he could stick around. I thought you were going to say, I don't know, Ten Hag mandates Paella as the daily lunch or something, and Dave <laughs> needs to cook for the team or something. Like we, that. we well, look, I mean, we know we know Paella Dave does love his uh, does love his rice and seafood, but yeah, okay. So, so I mean, that's that's a flight of fancy you've taken there, and by all accounts, he sounds like he might be heading to um, uh, yeah, he's Bayern bound, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. So, so that's not going to happen. Um, but I, I think I think he needs to go. I think it's time to go. Look, I'm I'm okay with that. You know, as I say, I, I have a lot of loyalty and and sort of historic sense of yes, you know, he's our guy. But it's just, you know, we got to do what Ten Hag wants. We have to actually put a team out there that lets Ten Hag play the Ten Hag way. Okay. It's time to get gone. Yeah. Cool. So we've only got a backup goalkeeper in the squad. <laughs> Tom Heaton, number one. Yeah. <laughs> Massive upgrade. Yeah. So a little bit of a concern there. We need to obviously buy a number one year in this scenario and another backup goalkeeper. Either someone ready to come through the youth system or, you know, get a, a Lee Grant or a, another one of these veteran goalkeepers to come in. Um, okay. Let's move along to um, defense. Luke Shaw, left back. Fantastic. Yeah, look, I mean, Luke Shaw is, I mean, he earned that Shawberto Carlos nickname uh, absolutely this season. I mean, the one criticism I, I could have with him, because, I mean, we've seen what, I mean, he's a fantastic ball carrier, especially, you know, but, uh, and, and, you know, he obviously holds some really good positions out wide. He, he's part of the reason that, you know, when we're historically left-wing FC, it's just because he does pair really well with, with Rashford and, and is, is really excellent going forward. But somehow he doesn't put up a lot of numbers and goals and assists, you know, and, and I think that's probably... Something that, you know, maybe a factor this season, the fact that he played a lot of centre-back. But, you know, I, I do wish to see more more goal creation from him. Goal scoring, sometimes. Yeah, I mean, uh, of course it depends on the role that he's um, he set out to play and Ten Hag wants him to play. And, you know, the way we've been... The way we've been playing, it's it's been the give it to Rashford and, and Rashford's been smashing it in. It's been all Rashford FC for the last yeah, season, yeah. right? Between Rashford and Bruno, they seem to do everything in the team. So it's, it's you know, I wonder how much that, that uh, of that is a factor when you've got the two of them who just seem to do everything and, yeah. it, you know, almost demand the ball and everyone around them gravitates towards the two of them. Um, but yeah, I, it doesn't matter to me. I'm not as um, worried about or concerned about his numbers. The reality is, 
the build-up play, he starts, gets the attacks going between yeah. him and Martinez often, and that's good enough for me. We look much better when he's playing in that left-back role. So, yeah. But but credit to him for filling in the way he did at, at centre-back. And, I mean, he's done it in some important games as well. So, no, look. It's bizarre, right? Yeah. Like, 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 no one saw that coming. I couldn't mm. believe it the first time. I was like, what the hell is Ten Hag? Yeah, yeah. It's like a crazy Van Hal thing where he's playing everyone <laughs> out of position. That's, you know, took me It back. shows you, though, how committed he is to, on the right side of defense, a right footer, left side, have a left footer. You know, the fact that he would literally stick Luke Shaw in there is is kind of an, yeah, quite an impressive commitment. I think he was just committed to not playing Harry Maguire. <laughs> Honestly, I, I really believe that. Like, he just was like, that guy's a disaster. I, I'm not getting him in. Because if you remember, late in the season, when mm. Lindelof was there with... Yeah, exactly. With Varane, yeah. yeah, with a right footer at your left centre back. He yeah. was fine. Yeah, exactly. You know, so, mm. I don't know. Anyway, on to, on to uh, Martinez, the, the next of our dynamic duo in the back line. Uh, Lisandro Martinez, delighted. Wonderful first season. Um, I mean, what more can you say about the guy? Yeah, look, and, and he proved uh, Jamie Carragher wrong for sure, didn't he? Yeah, the short kings out there, uh, you know, rejoice. Man, it's a real handicap. Imagine playing in the Premier League as a four foot three central defender. <laughs> it's it's incredible. It really is incredible. I I um, I mean, we we joke about it, but like you know, honestly, when when we signed him as well, I was concerned. I thought, mm, wow, yeah, you know, I'm used to, you know. Rios and Yap Stums and Pallisters, you know, these big, you know, bruisers. Yeah. These bruisers. They can, they can brawl with you, but they can also do other finesse things. So naturally, I think, you know, it is okay to have a bit of uh, concern about, about him. But wow, he's, he's really proved us everyone wrong. He's such a calming influence in defense. Mm. The way he com- takes the ball out of tight spaces, um, starts the play, starts attacks. Really tremendous player. And, and he seems like a guy who loves to defend as well. Loves a yeah. challenge. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's Phil Jones, but with, uh, it's Phil Jones with a scalpel rather than a, a sledgehammer, you could say. And of course, I mean, what's been really impressive, if you look at some of the stats, is how uh, key he is. I mean, he, a huge percentage of our passing. He's often the player with the, the highest passes in the team the entire game. You know, he, he, ta- he receives the ball. He pings it out. Um, you know, it's, it's a really important role. And I think we saw that when he wasn't in the team. Absolutely. Okay, on to his partner, Rafael Varane. How would you assess Rafael Varane? It's been two seasons, yeah. Champions League Varane, big reputation, won it all. Um, you know, lots of injuries, particularly in year one. Year yeah. two, a lot better. And he, we have looked sturdy with him and Martinez at the back of defense. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I mean, him and Martinez as a pairing have looked really good. That said, I mean, they have, you know, he's been there at the times when we've taken those absolute hammerings as all the season, shipping six goals, seven goals. He's been around, you know, and so, yeah, look, I think the guy does look good. I, I do wonder if his best years aren't behind him. I think they probably are. Uh, you know, so if we get another year out of him, great. Um, you know, again, I, I hate to, to harp on because I guess the ship has sailed. You know, if, if we upgraded him... For, for Kim and Jay, it, it looks very different. You know, it's the, it's the same defensive profile as, as Varane to an extent. You know, a big guy, fairly big physical presence, but with just so much more to offer going forward. Um, you know, I would love that. I'd love to have two central defenders that you can trust with the ball at their feet, uh, you know. But is it going to happen? I guess not. Rafael Varane and David Gea, same WhatsApp group. Is that what you're saying? Well, I, I don't think you, can, you definitely can't have both of them in the team. And that's, I think, been a core part of the problem, right? Is that you've got, you literally, everything is depending on Martinez when you're sort of, when you're starting your build-up play. And, and that's a difficult position to be in. 
Do we, if we got Onana in or one of these guys that's being bandied about, yeah, then we probably can afford to carry him, you know, from that perspective. Yeah, look, to, to yeah. be clear, he's not terrible. He's not, you know, he's not one Bissaka. <laughs> no, no, exactly. No, no, he's calm. He, he just, he doesn't have the, I guess, the level of creativity perhaps as, as some of those others do. Yeah. Okay. So, so but, but we're fine for another season of, of, of uh, Martinez and Varane at centre-back. I, I can live with it. Yeah. I think especially if yeah. you're getting a good keeper in, we're, we're, we're okay. Okay, on to right back, and this is where it gets interesting. You you know, it's a contrasting season with yeah. Dalo and Juan Bissaka. D- Dalo very much looked, you know, like a man reborn pre-World Cup, mm. looked fantastic. Mm. Suddenly the World Cup comes around, he gets injured post-World Cup, and just never looks the same. And in fact, Juan Bissaka starts the majority of the games post-World Cup. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts here on Mr. Dalo and Juan Bissaka? And, and, and where they fit in the team. Yeah, look, I think you have to discuss them both together, you know, because I think they're kind of part of the same puzzle piece that we're trying to figure are out. Are they the Mac- McFred conundrum after the right they, they kind of are the McFred, except they're, except they're not on the bloody pitch at the same time all the time like McFred were in the, in in the, the really days. dark days. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, as you said, Dello at some point in the season looked like the answer. You know, we're suddenly going, man, he's banged. I think three goals in a couple of games for United, then turned up for Portugal, did the same thing. And, and yeah, he absolutely went from, you know, I mean, there was a point in time where him and Tellez absolutely seemed like, you know, more or less the, the same thing, a pair of, you know, sort of Iberian wingbacks that, that weren't really going anywhere in a Man United jersey. But now he looks really good. I think the conundrum is, is that he offers one thing, Juan Bissaka offers a different thing, and actually, you need both of those things, really. It's not that Dallo is a bad defender, but he's he's obviously, you know, he, he's not going to like absolutely lock down, uh, you know, a, a sort of ace player in the way that Juan Bissaka can. Juan Bissaka obviously really pitched up at the late end of the season, and I think it's changed a lot of our opinions from, I think it's time for him to move on to, you know, he's at least got a role in the squad. That's it. I, I do struggle to see Juan Bissaka as a starting player, whereas I, I think Dallo, given time, uh, could potentially show us that that's actually his his position, uh, but I still feel like ultimately we want somebody of Luke Shaw's quality on the opposite side. And the problem is you can't really have both of these guys then in the squad at the same time. One of them's got to go. I just don't know which one. Yeah, I think you're really wrong. Juan Bissaka is starting quality, starting for Sean Dyche at Everton quality. <laughs> you know, um, but but in all seriousness, yeah, like there's no world where Juan Bissaka is a starting right back on a team that wants to win the Premier League in the yeah. year 2023. In the 90s, absolutely. Mm. The 2000s, even, yeah, sure. But but times have passed. I mean, you can't have a right back that's worse on the ball than right backs from you know 20 years ago. And sure. this is what... what yeah, I mean, Gary Neville looked better on the book. Oh, Gary that. Neville's fantastic. <laughs> Criminally underrated, but that's neither here nor there. I think the thing with with, with uh, Juan Wiesaka is he is a good 1v1 defender. He yeah. can lock down an elite forward. And yeah. that's a useful skill to have. And that's, I think we've alluded to it in the last part, something that Kyle Walker's evolved into. You know, doesn't yeah, offer yeah. City much going forward, but City and England often play him on the right or on the right-hand side of a back three to shut down. Yeah, like a Rashford or a yeah, yeah, mm. a Vinicius or whatever mm, the mm. case is. So you could see a world where one Bissaka, okay, you're on the bench, you're this tool that will deploy when we are playing an elite team every now and then, and we want to have you, you know, mm. lock down that side of defense. Yeah. But beyond that, like you, you just can't have him as a starting player. So yeah, I, I'm at odds. I agree with you. Neither of them, I think, is commensurate quality to be a starting player for Manchester United. However. 
we know that there are several key priority areas that need uh, to be upgraded. And as such, I think the funds are better spent elsewhere. So I could live with Dello uh, as a starting player yeah. for this season. And, you know, alternating with Wan-Bissaka as the needs team, you know, depends what the team needs at this particular time. But I'm not thrilled about it. Yeah, look, it's, it's at least we've got two okay players in the position rather than other positions where, as we'll see, we've pretty much got zero. Yeah. Okay. So <clears throat> back four is sorted. Shaw, Lisandro, Varane, <clears throat> and uh, Dallo. Uh, then we go to um, our central defensive midfielder, uh, the man from uh, Brazil, not Fred, Casemiro. Casemiro, interesting season, started like a house in fire, then a couple of red cards. Although, let's not forget, McTominay kept him out the team for about three games or something. He did, he did, yes, yes, the, 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 the Scottish, uh, the Scottish uh, Casemiro. Um, yeah, he, he, he had a great season. Up until the red cards, which, you know, really derailed yeah, things. Yeah. He missed, what, eight games, I think, in total, give or take. And and then the last bit of the season, he looked, I don't know, it was fatigue. He just didn't look himself. But overall, fantastic mm. player. And I think the biggest compliment I can give him was his all-round game. I think it's the closest thing I've seen to Roy Keane. You know, yeah, I absolutely. Love, I loved mm. Roy Keane. And he mm. was all action for those younger listeners who might not remember. He could do it all. You know, the defensive side of the game... Uh, progressive ball carrier, progressive ball uh, passer. He could, you know, score goals. He just did it everything. Uh, Captain Marvel, and um, I know that's what they called Rob, uh, uh, Robo. Um, but but for me, my generation, that was Kino, and uh, that's the closest thing I've seen. And yeah, Casemiro, if he, you know, doesn't uh, deteriorate with ages, let's not forget he's not the youngest. Yeah. Um, and avoid silly red cards this season. I think, um, yeah, uh, we've got a hell of a player there. Look, I mean, it's it's a bizarre thing because, I mean, he has a career record of, I think, zero uh, red cards, or at least at Madrid, he had zero red cards. He he knows how to to walk that line. And, you know, you have to you have to think, I mean, were the Premier League referees out to prove some kind of point with him? But, yeah, definitely the really impressive part is that it's not just that, uh, you know, he's carried on some kind of, sort of attack. You know, obviously we need the defensive qualities, but it's not that he carried on his attacking qualities from Real Madrid. He suddenly developed them. You know, and it showed us like, well, what might he have been like if he didn't have to play second fiddle to a Modric pulling the strings in, in midfield? You know, it's been really impressive. The other great part is he's one of the very few guys in the team that we know can actually head a goal. You know, it, it, several headed goals, several really good attempts at headed goals and actually a, an amazing target from a, a dead ball or free kick position. A real genuine threat, which is, you know, I think something that we bizarrely uh, lack in the rest of our squad. So, uh, yeah, look, nailed on starter. Hopefully we get another elite level year out of him um, and then we'll have to see from there. Fantastic. Now the next position comes to, you know, accompanying uh, Mr. Casemiro. You know, of course, there's the likes of, in the squad, McFred. Um, there's Donny van der Beek, <laughs> who's going to be fit again. And then there's last year's incumbent, which was Christian Eriksen. Do you see Christian Eriksen starting another year in that, I guess, eight position um, next to or just in front of Casemiro? Look, I mean, I, I think everybody expected Eriksen to come in as a squad player, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that was everyone said, OK, great backup, nice move, free transfer. And then he really surprised us, A, playing in a slightly out of position role. Obviously, you know, as we've discussed on a previous episode, played a lot deeper and, and was actually incredibly good creatively in that position. Really nice, uh, long passing range. Really be able to spread it wide to to you know both Anthony and and Luke Shaw, Rashford, really good at finding those players, and and his assist numbers also really good. 
and I think the, the the strange thing is he just never looked as good after the after his injury tail end of the season when he came back. Uh, you know, mm. just didn't look as good. Uh, obviously, you know the horror of the FA Cup final. I think has probably put a lot of us into kind of a worse mind space than we were about Ericsson before. I think pre-injury, a lot of people would have said, yeah, look, it's a great midfield, you know, and we had those crazy stats about when him and Casemiro and, and Fernandes were the starting midfield, we'd won, you know, 17 out of 19 games or something like that. So, you know, I he certainly impressed me. I think he is probably the kind of guy that you want maybe starting 30% of your games. Uh, you know, he... He runs a lot, actually, surprisingly. He's always got some of the highest numbers for, for running in a game. But as, as I think we saw in, in the FA Cup, you know, he just doesn't have the engine to, you know, to lock down the midfield as, as you would kind of need as, as a second deep-lying player. So, you know, can he come in and do a role against teams that are playing low block or that need to be unlocked? Yeah, sure. Definitely keep him around. But, yeah, we need an upgrade at starting position. Yeah, and I, I tend to agree with you. I, I think, you know... It's also, as we've pointed out, it's not a position he's a fair with. He's yeah. done a good job at it. But there's, and there's also a difference between covering distance, you know, and being effective at closing down. Yeah. You know, knowing when to push, when to press, um, and being mobile. You know, I can run a lot. It doesn't mean that I'm effective in, <laughs> yeah. this, in the center of the park at closing down people. So I think they're different traits. And um, yeah, I, I agree. I think, as you say, keep him when the low blocks are there, when you need to face mm. the Sean Dyche teams of the world. You know, roll him out, roll out the red carpet, and have have fun with it. Um, so, so we agree, we need a replacement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we do. So certainly, as, as a as a regular starter, we need a replacement. And what kind of so what kind of profile of player um, do you think we need? Uh, it, it depends. It could go one of two ways because I think Bruno has also shown that he can be effective in a deeper role. Um, I think him and Ericsson can actually play a very similar role. And and you know, Bruno is a bit more active in closing down players. Not necessarily the best at it. But certainly a role he, he can do more effectively than Ericsson. So if we had Bruno playing a deeper role like that, um, you know, and, and if we did bring in somebody who is capable at, at playing more advanced than him, I mean, I, I hesitate, to say, hesitate to say Mason Mount, but he's just the person that we've, we've been linked with. Um, heck, maybe if Donny van der Beek has a, res, a renaissance and, and can fill in at that number 10 role, you know, then, then we look for, yeah, or, or we just look for a player that, that can sort of, a play off and, and sort of be your, your final third creative uh, player in the number 10 role. Other than that, I think we need somebody who can, uh, yeah, who can sort of carry the ball. You know, I mean, if you've got Casemiro, um, you know, covering, uh, you know, covering it from the more defensive position and is recovering the ball, you need a guy that can kind of play that role, both, yeah, carrying the ball forward, finding space, really the Frankie de Jong role, isn't it? Yeah. So, so I think that's, that's crucial. A ball carrier, which none of them really are. None of our midfielders. Certainly not in the middle of the park, no. Yeah. yeah. McTominay pretends to be, but he's just not that I, I good think, at it. I yeah. think Fred's the best ball carrier out of the mm. lot, funny enough. Yeah. But, you know, he, la- he lacks a lot of the other skills. So, yeah, yeah a ball yeah. carrier that's press resistant. Um, mm. You know, like the unicorn are guys like, you know, Frankie de Jong, Bellingham's, mm. who can do both, you know, press resistant, mm. can carry the ball, progressive passes. So there's really few of those elite ones in world football. Sure. But yeah, you know. Look, I mean, Declan Rice could really do the job too, but yeah, seems, seems he's headed for other shores. I, so. I think he could be okay. But but yeah, you know, the jury's still out. I think it's very different paying on a David Moyes team where you're on the back foot and you don't have the ball <laughs> a lot. So uh, yeah, okay. Um, next up, I guess Bruno Fernandes in the, in the 10 role if we're playing the 4-2-3-1 again. 
Um, I mean, he was amazing, tremendous, arguably his best season for us, I think, even though the his numbers don't uh, top with that, but he was everywhere. Yeah, look, I, I mean, as you know, I mean, I, I will always sing uh, Bruno's praises. Um, you know, I mean, it's it's hard to to not be effusive about him. He he really is our kind of all-action man. I mean, I, I'm going to have to quickly bring out some stats just because he had some, some really impressive uh, numbers, you know, on a number of fronts that... For me, say it's actually he was our player of the season. I know Rashford got the award at the end of the day. I would still say it's Bruno. Number one, he he is by a distance our, our highest. If you look at the who scored metrics for uh, average, uh, you know, average rating per game by quite a long way. He's he's I think fourth in the entire Premier League behind Haaland, De Bruyne, and and Harry Kane. You know, I think that also tells you a lot. Also, it's that he unlike a lot of players. You know, if you look at your Odegaards. Your Mosellas, you know, Mosella, you know, for attacking sequence involvements, a heck of a lot of shots, but not much else. Rashford, same story. De Bruyne, you know, really great at chance creation build-up, not so much on the shots. Even you look at guys like, um, you know, Saka, okay, you know, not so great at, at kind of the, the final, some of the final third, uh, you know, final, at least final ball creation. Bruno is the highest or near the highest on every single one of those metrics. Shots created chances created and your kind of link up uh, play so that's why by a long 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 distance he is your highest uh, attacking sequence sequence involvements in the entire premier league it's it's honestly it's we we live in an, an era where i think we're taking him sadly for granted and if we just had the rest of the team up to his standard we, we would really be be just about all conquering i mean a striker would help wouldn't it Look, man, that that guy's owed about 12 assists this season. I really feel bad for him. Okay, well, fantastic. Congratulations, Bruno. Thumbs up from us. Okay, the next one's pretty easy. Left wing, Marcus Rashford. Nothing to say. Uh, you know, 30 goals by day, feeds the kids by night. What a hero. Marcus Rashford's our left winger. Um, on to the right wing now. This becomes a bit more debatable. Anthony's taken a lot of flack. If you look at, I don't know, forums, social media... I don't know. People don't seem to like Anthony. Yeah. And I can't quite... I, I'm not sure they don't like Anthony or they don't like Anthony for the price point. And I think those are two yeah. different, yeah. different you know, discussions. I thought Anthony had a good season. All in all, I expected a little bit more for the price point. But when you see us with Anthony in the team, we look a lot more effective. right? He's able to fulfill Ten Hag's wishes stretches play he's very good at pressing one of the few that can do that effectively the ten hard press very good at that so i think he has a key role to play in the team yeah i've, I've got to agree with you i mean I, I think he takes a heck of a lot of criticism you know i mean his numbers are, are okay i guess if you're just looking at at goals and and assists probably his goal tally is about where you want it to be you could probably have a few more assists uh, you know on, on that tally but um, yeah, I mean, people really don't appreciate that he he does the tactical things so well. You know, it's it's the stretching play by staying wide and positional discipline. It's the fact that he almost never loses the ball. If if he receives it, you know, it's finding a teammate. It may not be in necessarily in, in the best. You know, he, uh, you know, he might not be taking players on, or he might not be finding the killer pass. But you can absolutely depend he's not going to lose possession. So, uh, look, you know. Could he do better? Yeah, yeah, he could. He could score thirty goals like Rashford, uh, you know, coming in off off the right hand side as well. He could he could be a Masala, but uh, yeah, like I think I think he's got to be our starter for now. Okay, and then of course we know number nine's position we need. So based on this, what we've done here, we need a starting centre forward. We need a starting midfielder, 
to play you know alongside uh, Casemiro yeah. and we need a keeper those are the three positions that we those are the non-negotiables really yeah. yes so so while there are other areas like right back for example that we said would love to upgrade we don't think the funds will be there so realistically yeah. we want these three positions upgraded mm. and I, I mean ideally even we probably need a backup midfielder and we need a backup striker okay so let, let's go through the rest let's go through the rest of it you, you, that this is very true um, quickly quick fire uh, Eric Bailly Oof, man, I, I do love his, his breakdancing and there's a really great subreddit called Just By E Things to, to watch his antics. But yeah, please, please don't have a brain explosion. Let's watch on him at Reddit. Reddit. Let's keep yeah. it to Reddit. Okay. Um, Brandon Williams. Uh, yeah, look, I mean, we all thought maybe two seasons ago when he was even keeping Luke Shaw out or threatening to keep Luke, Luke Shaw out of the team that maybe he was uh, going to be, the, you know, a wow academy product. Um, I think there's some dis- disciplinary issues there. Uh, you know, there, there's been, you know, you hear stories, um, you see things about, you know, um, the, about his his rant on Twitter that, that just says, you know, I, I don't think that uh, Ten Hag's going to trust him going forward, to be honest. I think it's time to offload him. It's time to go. Okay. Alex Tellers, Europa League winning Alex Tellers. Uh, yeah, look, I mean, I think we need to get onto the... We haven't spoken about Malasia yet, but I think, honestly, between Luke Shaw and Malasia, I You mean think- Tellers and Malasia? No, sorry. I mean, well, I mean, between Luke Shaw and and Malasia, oh, so we've probably got it. So you're saying you want to keep Malasia as your backup? I, I think he's fine. I, I, you know, to be honest, him yeah. or Teles could probably do the job. Um, if Teles is happy elsewhere, let him go be happy elsewhere. I think Teles is terrible, so I, I, I'm gonna get rid of Teles, and I think I'm happy with Malasia as a backup. Yeah, and look, Malasia for for a really a snip of a transfer fee, I, I think did his job. Uh, you know, admirably. Uh, okay, um, Alvaro Fernandez, Portsmouth young player of the year in the championship. A really good season. Um, maybe since we've got two left backs already in the team, looks promising. Maybe a loan. Uh, yeah, I think another loan move is good. I'd like to see it pro- probably at a you know at another club. You know, at, a, at playing at a higher level. Maybe uh, you know one of a foreign league, but at least not playing you know a rung or two down. I think he needs to be playing in a you know La Liga, uh, maybe even the Portuguese league, something like that. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, Victor Lindelof, strong into the season, um, showed that he's a capable uh, backup. He showed that Harry Maguire has been holding him back this whole time. Yeah, and so we're happy. I mean, definitely keep all and, and cool under pressure to take penalties. Yeah, the well. Iceman, the Iceman. Yeah, no, look, I'm more than happy to have him uh, in and around the squad and then very capable of filling in uh, across the back line. Harry Maguire. So. Man, Sevilla is going to keep me scarred for a long time. Uh, yeah, Harry, Harry, please, please go be good at, the, at a club that we, we know he can be good somewhere. It's just not here. Although, as you, as you point out, a couple of years ago in that Europa League final, we missed him. We were all crying. Oh, we cried. There. Yeah, no, look. And I mean, to be honest, I, I do have a pretty strong feeling that if he'd played that Europa final, Ali got some silverware. But, uh, but yeah, look, I, I think, to be honest, I think... Is it mental? Is it just overall that he's just reached his peak and, and now is steadily on the decline? Uh, it's, I honestly think it's time to cash in to the extent that we can. Donny van der Beek. I'd love for him to have one last shot. If anyone's going to make him something, it's going to be Ten Hag, right? I mean, I think that's, very opt- I think that's optimistic. I um, yeah, I I just don't see it. It's been a few seasons. It's been a failed experiment. I think we need the cash. 
And so I'd rather get rid of him. And Yeah, but what are we going to get to 20 Rand and a packet of knickknacks for him? I mean, yeah, I, you know, I feel like he would probably be worth more if he had an at least credible season with us as a, as a deputy at some point. But yeah, maybe it's time to go. <laughs> okay. I, I could get behind keeping him as well, but I guess it just depends on the budgets and what's available. Look, yeah, maybe he needs to get playing time elsewhere. Maybe it's unfair to keep him when we know he's not going to be cracking into the starting team, really. Um, McFred. So let's deal with them. You know, they are a dynamic duo. Fred, I thought at times last season was really good. And there was, you know, there was a string of performances where he just kept on scoring or assisting for. There was like... Yeah, yeah, it was was like a number of games. He's actually got, I mean, he's probably sixth or seventh in our actual total goal contributions across the entire squad. It's bizarre. Yeah, I I, I think Fred has a role to play. I think um, as a result, I think he's experienced. Um, he knows how to play with Casemiro. He's got a lot of experience playing alongside him. Yeah, he offers some something different. You know, pressing, pressing, and you know, harrying people in midfield. And um, I think capable, uh, you know, squad player. Yeah, look, good, good. Fred is good. I I do worry though that he's just not actually dependable. You know, I mean, sometimes you do sit there and wonder to yourself, is this guy a professional footballer when you see him literally miscontrol seven, eight, nine, ten times in a row you know and and you just don't know which Fred's going to pitch up on the day i think it's hard as a manager to rely on a guy like that but that said when he shuts down a, a de bruyne for an entire game you think okay i see it i see why he's there okay and that leads us to scott you know um international superstar scott Mc- yeah can we get scotland scott please yeah. <laughs> we just seen can't stop scoring at international level of late um i mean obviously young i think worth a lot more than than the likes of fred and Donny. Would probably have some suitors again. Also, being British, there's that you know allure of him British yeah, and yeah. a homegrown quotient. Probably seems you know makes sense for him to to let him go and try and get some money out of him. Yeah, look, I mean, to be honest, he's he's kind of you know the, the poor man's Fellaini, and, and Fellaini was the poor man's many things, I suppose. But yeah, I, I think if we can get you know uh, whether it's Fleece Everton for forty million, whatever it is, I do think he's worth a lot more to us in realizing cash than he is. Uh, sitting in our in our squad, uh, not aside that he actually managed to weirdly keep Casemiro out of the starting lineup, uh, kind of on merit, but those days are long gone, I think. Okay, so now onto uh, interestingly onto these wide right players, you've got Palestri, Ilanga, Ahmad, and I guess technically Sancho. He can play anywhere across the front three, really. Mm. I think the simplest one year is to get rid of Ilanga. Ilanga just not the commensurate quality, right? Yeah, he, he's uh, he's kind of a, a Jesse Lingard, I guess. You know, he, a less talented Jesse. A less yeah, less talented Jesse Lingard, and I suppose plays right more than than central. But okay. yeah, I, I don't see the value to keeping him at this point. Right, then that leaves us with Palestri and Ahmad. Like, I just don't think you can keep both of them. Yeah, it's it's a tricky one because I, I think both of them have a, a, a pretty good shot that if we did let them go they'd go on to do crazy things somewhere else, you know? So it's always one of those tough ones where you, you feel like you might have regrets down the line. I also worry that if I think if Palestri doesn't get game time this season, if he sticks around, he's out the door. You know, I think this is probably the, you know, if not already, I think this is the last chance we have to actually make him want to stick around. And I almost feel like if we send him out on loan, he's going to move on anyway, you know? So it's a, it's a tough one because Ahmad, after the season he had for Sunderland, 
how good he looked. Uh, you know, you kind of feel like he's earned his shot, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's it, so is Palestri. I mean, he's looked really good for Uruguay. Couple of against plumbers in, of Nicaragua, the plumbers and painters of Nicaragua. Look, man, you, you, you don't get quicker when you play against painters and plumbers. You, you do, know. because they're really slow. <laughs> but that's the problem. They're not athletes. <laughs> they're probably not athletes. That's, that's why you look quick, right? Like, I think that's... Like, I think everyone was gushing over this performance against Nicaragua. And I'm like, guys, it's Nicaragua. It's, you know... Yeah, look, fair, fair point. And you look, he has looked neat when he's played for us, right? I mean, in, in his yes. shorter cameos. But I do sort of find myself going... Why is Ten Hag, who sees him training week in, week out, sees him put in these good cameos, not giving him more time? You know, and even in meaningless kind of yeah. late season games. You know? yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I, I'm torn, really. Probably Ahmad on balance, but okay. Uh, Ahmad in Palestrian low. Sure. Okay. Next one up is okay. Easy. Ganacho breakout season. Capable backup. Really happy that we've got someone who looks good to contribute off the bench. Look, I mean, what what you might well ask is, is he good enough to be the starting uh, on the left and, and Rashford at nine in a pinch? Let's say disaster comes, we can't get a striker for less than 150 million. I, I mean, maybe, but that's it. I also think he's looked better off the bench, you know? Yeah, it's, you know, it's that old thing of this direct runner coming on, mm, quick rapid, tired yeah, legs, yeah. and just, you know, charging them on. So, you know, uh, and he's got a lot, he's young. Let him develop. I, but you're right, he gives us an option. Sure. Um, the next one up is Jaden Sancho. Obviously, tough few years. Hasn't lived up to expectation. There's been murmurs of interest from Tottenham. I mean, he just... Where do you stand on Jaden Sancho? I, I've, got, you know, I've got some conflicted thoughts about him. Yeah, look, it's a tough one. I think he's probably... You know, he showed towards the tail end of the season. He had a couple of, of fairly decent performances. Pretty credible. Um as I recall, he didn't look great in the FA Cup, though, final, but obviously big game, big occasion, etc. So, you, you know, may, maybe a little bit premature then for, for somebody who's just refinding his form. But I think he's shown he can certainly do a job. And what's great is he can do a job across left, central, at number 10, even credible performances. He's actually, when, when Anthony, you know, couldn't play a few, you know, the last couple games of the season, I think he surprised us that, that actually suddenly people sat up and said, oh, wait, should we have been playing him on the right uh, all this time? Um that said, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, sometimes a player does look phenomenal in, in their youth and then just kind of peters out. So you know, he could be one of those two. I mean, it's possible. But, I mean, the sheer like, ludicrous numbers he was delivering at Dortmund. Yeah. I mean, you know, there were those stats where, where it was him and Messi, basically, <laughs> yeah. goals and assists. It was like yeah, yeah. Ludicrous. Guys with whatever it is, over 15 goals and assists. Yeah, yeah. Him, him and Messi. I mean, look, it helps when you've got Haaland to tuck the... The, the goals away or the <laughs> drive your assists up right oh so maybe that's our problem we don't have Haaland in our team <laughs> could have had him for 4 million right I mean <laughs> yeah. okay so so I, 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 the one hand I'm thinking you know, two seasons of failure He's, there's clearly some clearly been some issues maybe some mental health issues seems to be the moment yeah. going around you know so feel for the guy I feel like the potential is so high and you mm. see glimpses of it I want to give him one more chance in mm. the squad, let him try one more season. Let's see where it goes. Yeah, like it's probably premature now to to get rid of him unless we got an offer that that really made us sit up and go, hey, we can actually recover some value and, and plug some other holes in our squad. But yeah, I mean, look, guys have off seasons as well. Look at Rashford, you know, like what, like five goals and one assist the season before a thirty goal season. You know, you might you might do a Rashford season. Who knows? Absolutely. Okay, so Ted and Mengi, 
basically now we've got the two starting center backs and we've got Lindelof as a reserve with, with Maguire going out. I think Tenenbaum is an easy one to keep as a reserve center back. Um, and we'd still need another one to come in to replace Harry Maguire. Yeah, look, the, the logic's there. Um, I mean, I know he hasn't had a ton of game time uh, under Ten Hag, but obviously, you know, we, we have had... You know, notionally a fair amount of centre-backs and, and Martinez has been pretty ever-present. But yeah, I see the logic behind needing him as the squad option. Yeah, and at 21 years old, homegrown, uh, young kid, um, lots of potential. Let's see, you know. Yeah. Look, it's, it's tough tough at that age to break through as a centre-back. Um, you know, I, I unfortunately, I think his game time is restricted. So a loan might help him, but we probably need the numbers. Not everyone's a real Ferdinand, you know, <laughs> uh, at that age to just dominate. Okay, next next one up is uh, Shola Sheratire. Still young, loan, pretty... Yeah, look, he, he's been in and around the first team. Uh, you know, he's he's got some game time. I, I don't think he's, you know, he's not shown anything that makes you wildly jump up and down and go, yeah, this guy, you know, better be playing. So I think a loan's probably the best move there. Okay, and uh, then Hannibal. Uh, yeah, look, I, I, again, I, I know there was a fair amount of excitement about him in more junior ranks um again you know one of those where ten Hag certainly had a good look at him hasn't done a heck of a lot i think he'd benefit more again from alone yeah agreed um and then kobe manu came through very young age broken into the first team ten Hag seems to like him i don't think he's going anywhere i think he's sticking around right yeah i i think he will be sticking around he certainly looked pretty composed in the performances he has played that said i i do feel and then look i mean you can't blame a guy you know at, at his age and, and kind of just coming into the team and especially in a sort of central midfield role where you can truly have a properly disastrous game compared to you know other other positions i think he was playing within himself a bit i think he was you know fairly deliberately not being particularly adventurous um so i think we probably will still st- you know the more game time he gets i think the more of the the real kobe money i think we'll see Okay, and lastly, Anthony Martial. I mean, it's been a long time. I mean, he came from France. The English press said he had no chance. 50 million down the drain. <laughs> Tony Marshall scored not very many this season. Yes. So, I mean, I know a lot of people are frustrated uh, with Tony Marshall. Is it time to go? Look, I, I, I feel like it, it is. You know, he. this might be the last time we can get any vague kind of value out of him uh, on a transfer. I think he's shown us that he he just can't be you know not even I don't think even the main striker because when we had Vart Veghorst having to play our our primary number nine role he still wasn't available you know uh, he he literally just cannot string four or five games together even and that's just you know again you, it's you, you talk about what can the manager depend on and and I just don't see that that you as Eric Ten Hag can realistically depend on a on a player like that. I think if, if his wages can be freed up, he's he's on relatively high wages. If we can get some kind of recovery on a fee from him, goodness knows who's going to actually spend money on him. Uh, you know, I, I just don't know what he's, role he's playing in the squad. While I share a lot of the sentiments that you have, I think the problem is, if you look at the players we've kept so far, there's no striker. As actual zero strikers. And while Martial, I guess, technically for me... Not really a striker either. He's more of a striker than yeah, he's Yeah, he's, he's a wide player that decided he wanted to be a striker. <laughs> yeah, and so I feel like he needs to be kept um, just because there's going to be a role for him. Uh, there's going to be a role as a backup and we'll need him. We're going to need him because we're not going to sign more than two strikers. 
it, we'll be lucky to get two strikers as it is anyway. So I think there's a role for him. And I think based on that, we have to keep him. I, I see it. But I mean, the man's also a pretty surly presence on the bench, right? I mean, he sulks. I don't think he's a particularly good influence on the squad. But yeah, look, maybe your, your logic is sound. I mean, maybe we actually do desperately need, you know, just people to fill the ranks at this point. Yeah. Sometimes mm. you just need bodies. Yeah. Oh, man, he also lost his pace. That's the worst part of it. But anyway, that's what injuries will do. Yeah, he, he literally, you know, after you got like the latest rounds of injuries, he hasn't been able to run. Yeah. Like, he just stopped running this season. Mm, mm. And, and, you know, obviously, he doesn't, it's not out of choice. It's obviously a preservation, and it's from the medical team advice to, to sort of preserve him. So it's kind of sad, but it is what it is. Um, so that leaves us with 20 players in, in the squad that we've decided to, to keep. Um, to reiterate, our starting players, we had Luke Shaw, uh, Martinez, Varane, Dallo, Casemiro, Fernandez, Rashford, Anthony. So we would need to buy a starting keeper, um, um, a midfielder, and a striker to complement the, the first 11 to, to round it off. Then on the bench, we've got Heaton, Juan Visaka, Eriksen, Malassia, Lindelof, Fred, Ahmad, Ganacho, Sancho, Mengi, Martial, Menu. We'll need two keepers. We'll need, sorry, so in addition to the starting keeper, we're going to need another backup keeper. We're going to need another center, center back. We're going to need another uh, backup striker. So there's a lot. There's a lot that's required in the squad. Yeah. So um, quite substantial investment needed. But uh, I feel like uh, this is a fair reflection where we think this, the team is and how it can be improved upon. Yeah, look, I think a lot of it's going to depend on, on who of our fairly sizable sell pile we actually do manage to move on there's not a lot of players there who are going to realize a lot of value i mean obviously Maguire might get a decent uh, a decent fee mctominay possibly um i don't think really many of those other players are even going to fetch 10 million sitting in in that the guy unfortunately if he leaves is on a free you know uh, so he frees up a lot of wages but yeah. no no transfer fee there so it's it's going to be a tough transfer window um i i think Keeper, striker come in if they're the right ones. Could still be a you know it could still be a decent window. All right, and um, on that I think it's uh, I think we've we, we, we've wrapped up here, wrapping it up here. Um, thanks very much, listener, for sticking with us. We hope you enjoyed this breakdown. It's something different, a different show for us. Um, a breakdown on the Manchester United, a review on the squad and where we think it's going. Um, if you enjoy this content, do let us know. Um, and please remember to like and subscribe to the pod wherever you listen to good podcasts and follow us on social media. And with that, we're out.